A drop of hobby. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Welcome to the podcast. It's a drop of hobby improv podcast about discussing your favorite hobby. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Risser. I'm Kristen Mueller Heaslip. And I'm Amy P.S. And this week we're just getting right into it. How are you guys? Oh, you know, we're, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm really stressed out in hobby-related stress. Ooh, well, <laughs> this is something, yeah, relevant to unpack? Yeah, no, it's just that school starts next week and I have to still finish making all of the school clothes. Oh. Uh, this, this, I, I am curious about why this falls into the category of hobby if it's stressful. Well, I mean, it's still, I'm not getting paid. No one's paying me to make clothes for my kids um, and I could easily buy them. I just decided not to. So I guess it is an, an optional activity. Is so there I guess like it counts as a hobby. A uniform component to it or? Oh no, not at all. I don't uh, think any schools in Montreal have uniforms, do they? I've never heard of it. Uh, I mean, it depends what you mean by uniform, right? Like, I mean, yes, all of the schools have color requirements. Wait, what? No, they do. Yes. Since when? So you like you can't wear orange to school? <laughs> They've never told me that. I've never. I've been. Perhaps my children have been breaking these color requirement their entire time. <laughs> I mean, do your do your children go? I don't know. Do they go to English or French schools? French school. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, so all the French schools in my neighborhood, there's always a list of requirements for the kids to wear particular colored shoes, oh, pants, no. and tops. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. I did not know that. They have. They don't. Nope. Not at all. Oh, this is there fascinating. Are, <laughs> there are extremely specific colors of duotang that you have to Wait, buy for duotang? school supplies. Um, What's yeah, duotang? Oh my god, I can show you a whole... A duo- oh yeah, it's, they don't have them in America. No, we also don't have them in Australia. We just call them, I think, folders. Oh, binder? Yeah, it's like a folder with a little... No, here here are duotangs. This is great audio content. This is some of them that I salvaged from last year. They're little paper folders with little tabs in them that you can put loose papers in. But they use them for everything. And so you have to... And they always have, like, specific colors you need to have. And one year I couldn't find yellow ones, so I just bought a white one and I wrote yellow, wrote jaune on it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that's all I can do. Oh, it's infuriating. It's the worst. The school supplies is the worst. But that's done and that's not a hobby because I don't shop for fun uh, and I'm not handcrafting duo tanks. I don't even know how you could. <laughs> I mean, just construction paper. Yeah. And split and split pins. I, so. I feel like we, we used to just put split pins in yeah. normal... Yeah. How are you, Amy? Um, I'm, I'm as well as can be expected, I think. Um, I am kind of a little bit dismayed that it's nearly September. Yeah. More than halfway um, through August right now. Summer is always a shambles. So I just, I, but I feel like I'm getting better at leaning into it this year, which is just trying to accept that 
everything, if it's too much, it's too hot, there are too many things. <laughs> uh, and then it's about this time that I think I start looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait for the colors to turn. Got some, got some camping planned. Ooh, so. where are you <gasps> going? <gasps> Where? Sean, <laughs> Where? Um, we are going to uh, Lac Desab at Tremblant first, and then we are going to Oka. Oh, beautiful! Super close, super close yeah. to Montreal. Um, I'm not sure where we'll end up going in fall, but last year we went to Jacques Cartier, and the colors were amazing. Like oh. I just. Being from a place where the, the, the seasons don't really change so dramatically, um, it's just, it's so magical. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I grew up in a place called Santa Barbara in California and uh, literally zero seasons. <laughs> yeah. I think in that sense, our, our experience, Sean, are pretty similar. Like I think, I mean, California and Western Australia are not exactly the same, but um, not too far off. Yeah, like, I guess Australia and California probably both have, like, the hot season and the not-as-hot season. Yes. And, like, there is no real winter for the most part until unless you try to find it in a mountain. Yes. Yep, or very early in the morning at about 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot relate at all. I'm very jealous. Uh, uh, grass is always greener. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We both moved to a place that has a winter. That's true. <laughs> you like you took winter on hard mode too. Like you could have gone to Toronto, which is nowhere near as cold. Oh, I mean nothing by halves. That's my that's my nickname. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is all relevant to the uh, hobby that I'm bringing to the table this week as the bartender. Uh, improv. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a cop out, isn't it? <laughs> Well, we had to do it eventually, I figured. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. 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 So improv is a hobby. I mean It is okay. though, right? Like yeah. we all sure, we all paid for classes and everything to do it and we're doing it basically for free now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it's worth kind of talking about like our like how we got into it and what we think about it. And yeah. Hmm. Great questions. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Amy, I think you've been doing improv the longest because you were already performing at shows by the time me and Kristen were students. Uh, yeah. I started in January, 2019. Does that sound? Oh, recent. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I only started about that, like uh, so that summer. Same. I would have started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me and Sean were in our first class together. I think yeah, it was so I July guess, yeah. for us. August. Yeah. That, I think that makes sense. If I was like, you know, six levels or four levels ahead of four or five levels ahead of you or whatever. So not not that. That's not really that funny because really. when I first saw you perform, I thought you had been doing this for years. You were no. so natural at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have overthought myself. I think maybe uh maybe there's a like you get you get worse maybe for a while before you before you get better. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I got involved because I was doing storytelling, I'd done storytelling before. Um, but I found that like storytelling is a lot of writing. It's a lot mm-hmm. of writing, it's a lot of drafts, it's a lot of lonely work. Um, and even if you like work with someone else who can give you feedback and all the rest of it, like, and then you're preparing for a, like one performance and that performance is this like very different from 
making something up, up on the spot. It's like, you know, a lead time and all the rest of it. And I just found that like trying to do all like my research work and my writing for university and also trying to do the same thing at a, in a creative way was just too much of the same thing. Like too much alone time, uh, too much time being in my head and doubting myself. Um, and it's like stopped being fun because it was just like more lonely self questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, Oh, how do I get out of my head? Oh, maybe I should give improv a try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Improv is really good at kind of making you be so in the moment that you don't get to think about what's going on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least for at least for a little while, I feel like you, your brain starts to kick in the more labels you do, and the more you are trying to figure out what's like why something's not working, uh, what should you be doing, what what is the other person really trying to tell you, like yeah. whose turn is it? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. you said you start off uh, like you start off feeling like pretty good, and then there's like a downturn for a bit because like I, yeah, your body gets used to it, and it's like then your brain starts being able to think again. It's like oh yeah. no, all of my teachers told me not to be like this. Well, you get you get better at something. Like there's that thing where you like you. You, the better you get at something, the more accurately you can assess your performance. So when you're at first, you're like, I'm doing great because I'm on stage and I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) Some people laugh. This is awesome. And then you're like, you know, once you get a little bit more experience, you're like, oh, okay, well, that was, you know, you can actually start to accurately gauge your performance better. So it feels like you get worse. But I don't know if you do. I think you just get a little bit more um, experience that lets you judge better. I guess it depends how much the judging is interfering with the... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I find you have to have another two tracks going on in your brain at the same time, right? Like, you have to have the in-the-moment thing, and then you have to have the, like... Um, overarching story. Overarching. You know, or the other thing where you're you're keeping track of what's going on, and you're keeping track of, like, the things you have to kind of remind yourself of. That's a, Maybe that's a music thing. I don't know, because you have to do kind of the same thing. I don't know. I felt like how I got started doing improv, which is I had I had wanted to do it for a while um, because I, my background is in music. But I uh, over time gravitated to know a bunch of um, clowns and circus people and improv people, and I always wanted to do class so I could actually go and join them. Um, but I could never actually do it because it cost money that I didn't have and time that I couldn't figure out how to get. Um, and then I moved here, and suddenly I had time and money, and I was like, "All right, fine. Now I can finally make my dreams come true." Or not really. No, not really. Before that, I could actually try this out. <laughs> and, and I Googled it, and there is Montreal Improv. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I kind of liked it. I never got to do it, but I was like, my goal is going to be I'll get, I'll, 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 it'll get good enough in French that I can do an improv class in French, which I still haven't managed to do. Oh, uh, that's interlinguistic improv uh, is like the two mile tall cliff i feel yeah i speak french pretty well but i'm not at the point where i feel like i could really properly actually do improv like i could go to a show in french but i couldn't actually like participate but i suppose there's also the question of do you do the english style improv in french or do you do the quebecois french improv which is quite different i believe yeah yeah i've yet to i'm still low in my level of french uh so it's like whenever somebody says something, I'll pick up a couple of words and then immediately get lost. Uh, so I don't even. What's the different about the French uh, improv style in Quebec? Uh, I don't know, Amy. I don't know much about the difference. You probably know more so, than me. So I mean, there's the league, the uh, league d'improvisation de Montréal, and it's based on hockey. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you watch, <laughs> you can watch like highlights from this on Tele Quebec, and they are wearing hockey jerseys, and yeah. they do it in an arena. And you're exactly. like, this is so weird. And you're like, you're improvising a poem about a butterfly, but you're wearing a hockey jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but oh so my that, gosh. it's it's competitive. It's competitive a little bit like I mean, like theater are, sports, like you know? exactly like yeah. theater sports, but organized around the idea of like a hockey t- hockey teams, and there are prompts, and there are people on the bench, and there are people who come forward. Um, and that has been exported to like other French speaking kind of European countries. So there's like, it exists in France and Belgium and, um, probably other places as well. And do they wear hockey jerseys in Belgium and France? Yes. It's very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't they wear football jerseys? (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's not, it's like, it's the, it's the league. Oh wow. Um, Whereas, whereas if you see the, like, you know, when the, um, improv festivals on Montreal improv there's like the French side of that which is very much a francophone version of the like English um, like more storytelling based than like competitive or yeah exactly like narrative yeah. um narrative less well, a bit of short form but like yeah kind of in a different tradition and it's really interesting depending on who you talk to and how they came to know of it in this city uh that they have a completely different origin story for improv it's really wow. fascinating now i have a goal in my french learning to be able to go to one of those shows you can go to one tomorrow um i can't go my husband's uh, one of his co-workers is does improv for fun and they have a show tomorrow so if you wondered is bring your friends to my improv show is that back it's back <laughs> nice. yeah. wait like that- in person uh, in person yeah i can't go because i can't get a babysitter so like is it being is it happening outdoors or what? I don't know. No, I think it's indoors. Wow. Yeah. It used to be at Leon d'Or. Is it still? I don't remember. Okay. But I'll send you guys the link to it. Awesome. I'll <laughs> no. probably not, not go. go because uh, <laughs> I'm still scared of COVID, even though I have two doses. Understandable. I am not. I'm still not great being inside with like other strangers. But um, if you know, it is an improv show. I don't think there will be a lot of people there. <laughs> Our level three show was like sold out. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's your first show, right? Your first show, you can get your friends to come for come to your second show. If you recall, our second show, there were more people on the stage. (laughs) There were two people in the audience. They were improv people. (laughs) This is a very, very good point. I think it definitely relates to this question of hobbies because it's like this is a hobby that requires other people to watch. Except, really, it's not because you're performers. I mean, you are, but it's like you just need them to watch so that you can do this thing that you really want to do. It is It is a hobby. It's funny. Like, the audience is there, like, to give you energy and to give you reactions and to give you prompts and things like that. But mostly it is a hobby which you do for yourself and not because you're particularly trying to share anything artistically with an audience. Mostly you know? with the other person, ideally. Ideal, exactly. Yeah. But I think I've said this before, but like I would do improv even if I never did a show or anything. Cause like I just love being on stage with people and like being in that space. And it's like that's the goal of improv for me. What do you, I want to unpack this. What do you like? What do you like about it? Uh, so like in real life, there's a lot of kind of unstated assumptions and everything. And like those, I don't get to read those because I'm uh, on the autism spectrum. And it's like, that's just one thing I 
that's just one ability that wasn't granted to me. Um, but on an improv, it's kind of like that's the fact that there are unstated assumptions is already stated it as an assumption basically by doing the art form. Uh, and so then both performers are then trying to figure out where they're where they are and trying to meet so that they're on the same page. And so you're there's a lot more cooperation and I feel like that makes it more fun to be around people for me. Uh, I have an idea for a scene now. Awesome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the annual general meeting of the World Improv Federation. Um, I hope we can all come together and uh, learn from each other's cultural perspectives and also see how we can work on our number one agenda item of this year, which is how to increase improv audiences worldwide. Now, I'm sure you've all read your um, background documents. I hope you all had a chance to study them on your plane. Uh, But as you see, improv audiences have stabilized at an average of one point two um perform audience members per show that's not per performer that's per show um and this this is a this is a worrying trend and i would like to hear any proposals in order to reverse that uh yes a delegate from switzerland why do you always call on switzerland first but yes i did have a suggestion why don't we just make improv mandatory Uh... we have that, that's that's an idea. Um, any reactions to that? I I sorry I Australia here. I just Australia, can't. Yes, I yes. can't. I can't support. I can't support that. I mean, how can you possibly get people to to yes and uh, if you're if you're making them be there? I mean, I don't think your your solution is a very yes and to my proposal. I have not yet heard Australia's solution. Australia, what is your idea? Well, I just, I just think it's something we should all come up with together. Australia votes for collaboration. I, I second, we second that in principle. However, we're looking for some more concrete feedback. Um, I see another delegate has raised their hand. Greenland. Yes. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, f- fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I love it here in Canada. Thank you for hosting. You're welcome. Yes, I have a potential solution. Building off of collaboration, I believe we can charge people less. Charging people less, lowering the price, that's an excellent idea. Um, So what if it's mandatory, but it's free? Can we all get behind that? Uh, I just, I mean, okay, let, I was a bit, no, I was a bit of a naysayer before. How about... It's mandatory, but just in everybody's lives all the time, right? Oh. So that we don't need stages. Take it off the stage. So like you just go get... to the bank and that's an improv scene. Exactly, right there. How much money do you think is in my account? Oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's a million dollars. Who's to contradict me? I move say we yes have and. a vote. Aye. Motion seconded. Aye. Hi. Motion passes. Awesome. Motion is best. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that excellent, um, excellent suggestion. Greenland and scene. Uh, I want to. I want no. No, oh, I demand no, no, no. it from okay. the bank. Unseen. Unseen. I'm kind of new to this whole improv thing, but um, you have my money. Uh, hello, sir. Um, sorry. Uh, what what service are you here for? 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, I was just told that I, it, we're all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. So, like, yeah, you have my money. Can you yes and that for me? Oh, uh, if you give me your account number, I can absolutely yes and oh, that. But two. I, 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 two. Yes. Um, let me just see what we have here. Yes, we have some money in account two. Oh, that's really nice. Can I just withdraw all of it real quick? It's just like for me. Sure. Um, you can withdraw all the money that is in account two. Oh, cool. Uh, what would you like to do with that? Oh, I don't know. Do you have any ideas for like something fun around town? Um, you know, I was I really wanting to go to that. Um, have you have you been to the 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 boat hire at the end of the street? Oh, I have it. Do you want to go with me real quick? I'd love to. Will you pay? Oh, yeah. Like, especially with all the money in account too. Eh, there's not as much money as you think there is. Well, then let's draw from my other account three. Oh. Oh, there's much more money in account three. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you said it was a bow tie event? Uh, no, a boat. Oh, a boat. Yeah, there's a boat for hire down the end of the street. Oh. No? Uh, I don't know. Like, boats are fine, I guess. I thought I heard bow tie event. That was, that's my reality, you know? <sighs> well, maybe another time then. All right. I'll just take the money in accounts two and three and be on my way then. No worries. Here you go, sir. It's $15. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> I, I was kind of a debating whether I should come in and be like an improv cop, right? Oh my because God. Amy wasn't sufficiently yes anding. Your instincts would have been correct no matter what. Yeah. But, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh. but yeah, the world of mandatory improv would be a nightmare. Just Well, it idea. just depends. Have you guys played a game uh, during your lessons where or where you were supposed to do bad improv? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think you were still in the class uh, at that yeah. time with me, but that game uh, is just like, you learn all these rules of improv in your first like three levels, and then your teacher in level three tells you, okay, do ignore all of them and do the worst improv you can imagine, and it's so fun for like 30 seconds, and then you realize, <laughs> oh no, there's nothing underneath us anymore, because we've denied all of everybody's reality. Yeah, I, I also think that like having read a number of improv books um, over the pandemic, because improv became less possible, mm -hmm. um, I think I just fully came to really understand that yes, ending is so much harder than yeah. it sounds. Um, and really to be able to yes and at every single like back and forth as opposed to kind of just yes anding an early proposition and then just being like, right, we've got our reality mm -hmm. and kind of continuing in the same trend mm -hmm. um, but not continuing to add I think is yeah, much harder than I, that, than I realized. Yeah. Um, this is just reminding me of something um, very, very random. Um, so you guys know that there's a bunch of like um like amateur popes, right? There's a bunch of offshoots from the Catholic Wait, you can Church. Just be an amateur Wait, pope? Sorry, what? Wait, can I just be <laughs> can I just declare myself Pope? You can you can say 
You, you can, but, like, it doesn't get you far. So there's one guy, there's a guy who lives in, like, I don't know, somewhere in the States who's, who is, like, who has declared himself to be Pope. I forget his name. I'm going to say he's, like, Pope Ronnie or something like that. Oh, he's not even um, using a Christian name. I forget what his Pope name is, um, but he lives with his parents and he has, um, I believe, 30 followers. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, well, 30 followers is pretty good for an improv troupe. Like, if you get 30 people at Juniper Show, that's great. That's <laughs> a bit low for a Pope, you know? So there's something about how we have to, like, all agree to create reality, right? If enough people say you're the Pope, you're the Pope. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> it's, yes. This reminds 30's me. not enough. Yeah. But, well... I don't know. I mean, this reminds me of uh, like all of the people in various countries that declare themselves to be sovereign. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, like there was a there was a prince um, of the Hutt River Province in Western Australia, and he didn't. I think he mostly just didn't pay taxes. Um, but people, he would stamp people's passports. You could go visit. But there are like there is a big international convention of micronations of these people who have declared themselves to be their own. Uh, international entities and I guess it's not that different right that's maybe where the Pope idea came from he's the Pope of his own he's the Pope of his own heart (laughs) as we all are (laughs) yeah like going back to the yes anding stuff it is like it's yeah it's easy to yes and a single statement but yeah you're so right that like trying to build off of somebody's ideas and add to them while also not letting the scene go too wild I don't yeah. know if I will ever get there because it's just it it is very difficult to have restraint and also not let that hold you back. Yeah, I mean I think the the idea of like starting a base rea- like starting a base reality that's totally normal and then going back and forth and waiting for something odd to happen and then doubling down on that. I think it's the starting in a base reality that is the hardest. Yeah. Um, because once it's weird, like even, even the convention on like international, like, how did we get, it's like, how, what is this reality? Um, and I mean, yes, you're mapping onto, um, like a kind of international convention. Yeah. Um, we've had like some, four of those kinds of scenes. Already. Yeah. No, I think we just did one. We did the coffee one. There was another one I thought we did as oh, well. Really? Okay. I think that's one of my scenes that I start. It's like the yen of whatever. <laughs> Which I think is, an, is like I personally find that a difficult one to know yeah. how to then interact with because it's like I mean I I guess I sort of had the idea then and didn't like do anything with it that um, you know it would be funny if there was this big international convention but there was like four people <laughs> right oh, like yeah. I think that's the only way to make it like kind of grounded is like okay in our heads I think we're readily imagining like thousands of people. Um, which is very difficult to navigate and then you have no relationships and there's like like unlikely to be you know a kind of normal interaction but maybe the way to get around that is to be like actually this is hilarious i love that there's... we get to workshop our past scenes uh <laughs> this episode see improv was a good topic do you i mean i think one of the hard i think one of the things i find the hardest is like is have yeah is getting out of scenes that seem difficult or i don't really know where they're going mm-hmm. um Whereas, like, the, the the coming up with ideas, I mean, that's difficult too, but it's, like, I wish I was good enough to be able to, like, change the direction or to kind of help out my scene partners more. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the thing that is yeah, hard me too. when you're a novice. Yeah. 
I don't know about you guys, but I stopped taking classes during the pandemic because mm-hmm. it's hard to do improv uh, just over Zoom, especially with strangers. Yeah. One thing I don't like about improv classes is that, like, if you start going through the levels, you kind of have this pod that travels up with you, and you get really used to their mannerisms and everything, and you start feeling like, this is, like, I get these people, I like doing scenes with them, and you start learning how to kind of, like, trick them into doing certain things or, like, trolling them <laughs> with scenes, or it's like, you know they want to do one thing, but you're not going to let them. But yeah, then when you get with strangers, like every class or something like that, it's just like, it feels like you're starting from level one, but you're in level five. I totally get what you mean. And it's, uh, it feels much more awkward. And for, very, for some reason or other, I went back and I looked at some of our our shows, like the online shows that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, I did two online improv, cl- improv classes and did the... The Armando the, and L5. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but I do remember it feeling pretty awkward. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I think I'm going to go back and do it again because I'm also not ready to do it in a room with people. But I want to do more of it. Yeah, so, I'm getting yeah. the itch to yeah. do this more. Yeah. Um, do you have standout like memories of best scenes or most awkward? or It doesn't even have to be the scene specifically, but just like... Moments when you were like, this, this, I want this to happen again, or this was terrible. My favorite scene that I've ever done was uh, with uh, uh, improv friend Jonathan, uh, where we were assembling a chair or a desk, or he said, we're missing a leg. I said, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) We could be like horses with three legs and just... The teacher had me just stand to the front of the stage and just monologue about this and just let Jonathan react in the background. And it's just like this. I felt like in that moment, it clicked for me that it's like you can be have this totally normal character. It's like we're missing a leg and somebody else is just using that to philosophize. And that to me is like the that's like the peak of my improv that I've always been chasing since. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, in our, maybe our first show, Amy, um, I remember doing a set with you well, where you kept being a character called Jessica, who oh, was yeah. sort of pushed oh, around. Oh, with the airline and <laughs> the everything. Airline, yeah. Oh my God. And I was, yeah. I couldn't, when you said Jessica, I wanted to laugh. I'm like, is this someone's actual name? Is this something Kristen is someone for real life? <laughs> No, it is not. I don't think I've ever met someone called Jessica. Okay. And there was also one that I remember doing where Victor was, um, he was a guy who couldn't graduate from college and oh, he yeah. was like, um, uh, until he made a friend and then he made a friend. Uh, and yeah, our, this does this, sorry, this is really boring. Um, I, rem- uh, I just remember sorry. that one being really good. It's hard to describe, but trust me, it was funny. I think this was it the was- one where it's like he went like eight years into college yes. and was literally just waiting to make a single friend. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think, like, you can see in hindsight, oh, I don't know, yeah. I can see in hindsight, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, like, a really funny premise. Um, but in a, in a sense, like, the, the, what's happening throughout those scenes is mostly just, like, conversations between, like, buddies or, yeah. or family relationships or whatever. It's not, um, it's not a huge adventure. It's just, yeah, a really funny narrative premise. I feel like Victor... Uh, is really good at just maintaining really uh, 
that kind of normalcy while also mm-hmm. being extraordinarily funny. Yeah. We can aspire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also remember the first time we were in class in person, Amy, uh, it like before the pandemic had hit, uh, I remember you started a scene where we were employees at a coffee shop uh, and at some point throughout this narrative, I had become somebody who was faking orders in order to make Employee of the Month. And then you awarded me with Employee of the Month for my habits. And I screamed so loud. And like, I was like genuinely thrilled that I had gotten chosen as Employee of the Month by this horrible manager. But that was also like the first time like I had seen somebody use this All Right Everybody uh, and f- like get everybody to go up on stage together. I thought, oh my god, she's magic. You can just <laughs> do this. <laughs> just gotta learn the tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think one of the hard things on Zoom is that we don't have the space to play with anymore, and so it's really like maybe in a sense, Sean, like you talking about the unstated assumptions, and like in a sense, you have to be really good at calling mm-hmm. out exactly what's going on and mm-hmm. overstating things in a way that like you would never do in normal life. But that becomes even more important when there's zero physical cues. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't think I'm very good at that. Like I think I'm much better at um, picking up stuff. It's the physicality of on like real life improv is a godsend because just walking weird is mm-hmm its own character its own premise it gets you into a mindset on its own but like on zoom like i I can sit weird i guess but it's like that just makes me out of frame on the camera yeah yeah uh do you guys know about uh this platform called vr chat no so vr is a thing people say it's a gimmick i'm it's going to be a bigger thing as time goes on because it's cool. There's improv in VR chat. And oh my god! Oh my to, god! And like they're you're really physically standing there looking at your scene partner with their like voice coming at you like two feet away, uh, or seemingly. It looks really cool. Like even though like you're using these avatars and everything rather than like. <laughs> fully formed physical bodies but like you do get some physicality out of it uh well the one time i used a vr headset it made me throw up so i don't know if i'll ever be able to do it oh yeah it's (laughs) not for everybody uh and also like i don't think i can do vr for more than like 30 minutes at least with the vr headset that somebody else had yeah there's a dystopian future for the world recreated where improv is mandatory is instead of making everyone go to improv shows we just strap them into vr goggles to go to virtual improv shows Uh, when i said improv was mandatory in that scene i meant like as like something you do in school but i'm really (laughs) glad that it became improv is mandatory to do at all times times. Oh god. I mean, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think we should cut into him for the heart surgery? Okay, someone give a scene prompt who isn't me. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jessica. I'm really happy that you told me to take that improv class. Oh, I'm so 
John, I'm so glad that you, thank you for telling me because you know what? I've really been stressing for the last three weeks. Um, I just I'm, couldn't tell if you were happy or you were just coming to appease me. And oh, I've just, I have been losing sleep. I haven't slept for 10 days. I mean, like it's changed my life. Like, I'm sorry for going dark on you. And yeah, I guess this is the first time I've seen you in a while. But yeah, it's just... There's something really magical about what happens on that stage. Magical? Really? Is yeah. that What have you been doing for the last 10 days? I mean, it's almost been Mary Poppins-esque. Like, what? someone called out that there were penguins in a scene, and I, I think I saw them. And it was beautiful. That you, you realize that it's all make-believe, right, John? Whatever it is, it's it's all I want to do now. And I have you to thank for it. Hello, John. There you are. This must be your friend. Jessica? Jessica. Hello. Hi. I'm, Mar- I'm Maria. I'm John's improv teacher. And I just want to thank you for sending him our way because he's been a delight to have in the class. I, I, no, no worries. I, I really enjoyed it and I just thought that John might get something out of it. But I'm a bit worried that I haven't seen him for 10 days and, and now he's saying he's seeing penguins. Oh, he just signed up for intensive option, dear. You never wanted to make the commitment. But John is a different, different, made of different stuff. Of course he can see the penguins. What are you talking about? Uh, you well, just, it's simple. All you do is just. Like, they tell you early in your classes, like, just be there in the moment and everything. Mm. Intense is be there in your soul. Yes. What's the difference between penguins and not penguins? Really, when it comes right down to it, we're all made of molecules and things. I mean, like, why couldn't those molecules be penguins instead of, I don't know, a chair? If you think hard enough, you can do anything. I mean, Jessica, hasn't there ever been a time in your life where you like, you thought you saw one thing out of your corner of your eye, so you look at it, and it's not that thing, and then you look away, but it it still kind of looks that way? Like, I do that with briefcases and dogs all the time, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think that briefcase must be a dog. And now you have a new pet. He's delightful. His name's Rufus. He's very cute. I, I just... This, um... Um, I really want to be supportive here. Um, What's wrong? Wait, why wouldn't why wouldn't you be able to be supportive, Jessica? I really want to focus on that. Wait, what do you want to focus on exactly? You 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 have a job and a family. I do. Wait. Yeah. I don't yes. remember. Maria. Is she no, telling the truth? No, no, of course not. Oh. Why would you have a job or a family? What would you do with them? Come back to the improv center with me. We'll go and we'll we'll do a couple of scenes together. John, John, don't yeah? go. I'm sorry. Oh, this is all my fault. I I'm sorry. I don't. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Your name started with a B. A... Jessica. That's right, Bettina. Goodbye, Bettina. Have a nice day. Isn't she lovely, John? No, let's go. Uh, bye bye. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call your wife. Okay. Who? Uh, it doesn't matter, Maria. 
Yeah, let's I want get to going. just have a one-on-one with you real quick. Absolutely, John. I think that sounds perfect. I think you haven't been living up to the standards that you've been setting for me. I haven't. No, I don't think How you... so? Sometimes I don't think you see the same things I do. And you're oh, not no. sharing my reality. Of course I am. Like When we're on stage together, of course I share your reality. Earlier with Jessica, Bettina... Mm, Bettina. There seemed to be a lot of conflict there. And I could have sworn that her name started with a J? J? You know, you know how it is. You know how it is, John. Sometimes you meet people and no matter what they do, what you do, they can't just can't get into the spirit of the thing. And they can't, they cannot yes and, and they can't support your reality. And those are the sort of people that you really honor. You just have to keep them out. You also named my dog Rufus. I don't think I told you the name of the dog. How did you know his name was Rufus? You two, of course, we're just so simpatico. I just guessed. What I was right, wasn't I? I guess. I yeah, that must prove that we are seeing the same things. Yes. I... You're an incredible teacher. Thank you, John. See? Wait, okay, we're not going to rescue John from the improv cult. <laughs> we can come back to John and see what's up with his life later. That's one nice thing about having a show with improv, like an actual like six to eight person mm-hmm. crew. Somebody could just cut that scene and we could come back to it later and it would feel yeah. completely natural. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever have you ever run into like an improv cult? Do they exist? They probably exist. There was a ballet cult. Uh, in California, I think. That sounds terrifying. The amount of regiment the, the strict regiment ballet people go through terrifies me already, so imagine, yeah. Ugh. Wait, can I just what is the definition of a cult? Well, on your, okay. On your, on your um... okay. So I think it's a cult. I think you're in a ballet cult or an improv cult or a music cult because there's a couple of music cults like Sun Ra. Have you ever heard of Sun Ra? Sort of like a jazz cult. Uh, really good, actually, very good music. <laughs> apparently, the ballet, <laughs> the ballet cult were apparently very good too. Because you're crazy, you practice all the time, right? Because you're under the thumb of the leader. I think it's a cult if you have like a supreme leader who does no wrong and you're also not getting paid and you're also working extremely hard and also there's some kind of abuse going on. Well, it's also like the objective of a cult also is to like bring in new followers while also separating them from the contact of the outside world Um, and kind of depriving you of the resources and language to even discuss what you're going, what's going on. Oh, uh, that scene actually kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, though. Because at a certain point, like my character, I was like, "I have to commit. This is I'm in this." And then it's like, "Yeah, uh, I didn't yeah. know how to continue that without being harmful." <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I feel like there needs to be a reasonable man person in this scene, but I'm not sure how to uh, mm-hmm. to do yeah. without making the two of you look crazy. I paused for a bit to see if there was going to be like a new cutaway between you and Maria. Uh, but yeah, like I was okay with ending the scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think though, like cult or no cult, like there is something about um, the, you know, what it's like to be in a community where everyone kind of understands, understands each other. Um I've been watching Detectorists recently. Detectorists? Yeah, it's a British um, mini drama, I guess. There's like three seasons. It's about metal detectorists. It oh, is okay. I the, thought it was like the 
detectiving. No, 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 no. Detector. Uh, yes, no, because they're, they're not metal detectors, they're metal detectorists. Okay. Um, and it is really, it's brilliant. Uh, Mackenzie Crook wrote it, uh, got a BAFTA for it. Wow. But it's, it's this beautiful, like, there's it's like seven people in this club and they have this hobby which they, you know, can't, like, they don't know if they're ever going to find anything. Um, but there is this kind of, like, it's their, the club is their whole life, effectively. Their jobs are not that important. Their hobby is like the thing that defines their existence and everyone belongs. Um, and it does kind of present a slightly utopian view of like when a hobby becomes your entire community. Um, which I would not call it a cult by any stretch, (laughs) but it definitely is presenting this really lovely view of like what it would mean to, for like all of your important relationships to be part of this group particularly something that is a hobby rather than your job yeah um yeah i'm i'm starting to think about what an improv cult would be like and it's very plausible <laughs> that it could happen i don't know I, but it's also <laughs> antithetical right because like yeah who would be the leader like that would never happen the teacher the coach yeah lots of yeah lots of cults have a myth of not having a leader though right like lots of things do they that are in denial about it so i can see it happening because i think a lot of people i think it would be easy to get (laughs) to hook people um and also to like find vulnerable people to hook on that you know because it does there's not a high there's no barrier to entry anyone can show up and do it and if you had like i don't know a squat and some like drugs and stuff you could easily get people to be like yeah we are a really cool improv collective but really you're, you're a cult <laughs> well okay so bojack horseman bojack horseman thought that improv was a cult <laughs> <laughs> just like all, normally uh, <laughs> yeah normally yeah. Um, is improv a cult there you go i feel like if you try to like philosophize improv into being a way of life then you could start to see like the seams of the cult forming, you know, where it's like, like we were saying with the mandatory improv, like make everything a yes and in your life. And then sure, that's great, but I have bills to pay and I can't yes and those. I kind of just have to yeah. say, yes, go away. <laughs> like, Well, okay. And, and there's important life things you can learn from doing improv, right? About, you know, confidence, about, you know, sometimes you have to just go with things, empathy, communication with others. But also, it is also really important that sometimes you say no. (laughs) And, and, and and if you if you took the yes and too far, and sometimes you do have to not go with someone else's um, construction of reality, sometimes you really are not the Pope. And someone (laughs) has to tell you no, no, Ronnie, (laughs) you're not the Pope. Um, What's the current Pope's name? (laughs) The real Pope? Yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Francis. 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 Just say yeah. no to Francis when he yeah. says he's the Pope. <laughs> that would be very rude. That would be true. I mean, not be invited back. Pope's not a real there, position. <laughs> there are plenty of people who, who do that. That's my yeah, conspiracy yeah. theory. The Pope just the Pope stopped being a thing in the 1500s. It was the 1300s with the schism of Avignon. Yeah, there were two Popes for a while. And <laughs> oh, I that's believe right. Mark, Yeah. And I believe part of the lineage of Pope Ronnie or whatever his name is, is that there has not been a valid Pope since, that the wrong Pope won. (laughs) Oh, Uh. Oh, I just, I'm sort of envious of someone's certainty. I I just feel like, 
yeah, I wish I wish I thought I was the Pope. Or yeah, likewise. Something. To have the Definitely. confidence, just that uh, it does seem, it, yeah, it is something to be jealous of, right? Like just to be that sure of anything. Yeah. Uh, and of something so patently ridiculous, right? But you know, like, like I don't know. You guys are you're are from like there's every small town has an eccentric, right? Like there's just a weirdo, right? Who's just like, oh, okay, well that's Ronnie. He thinks he's the Pope. We all humor him, right? You know, not a couple people go to mass, but mostly he just does his own thing, right? So there's something about communities can can contain some of that, you know, and give people space to be weird and be themselves. Um, without necessarily enabling them, but it's tough. Yeah, I kind of wish I was the town weirdo. <laughs> I think <laughs> you, you, that's time an aspiration. Day, you, can be the, you can be the neighborhood weirdo, you know, if you stay in Montreal. Like when I, I, yeah, that's my absolutely my aspiration. I kind of live next door to the neighborhood weirdo, and when she's gone, I will, I will definitely take over her job. Oh, so there yeah. can only be one. I like this. Oh, it's an inherited <laughs> position, but through force. Yeah. Well, she's just, she's a bit eccentric. She's lived in her house her whole life. She has extensive feuds going on with many of the neighbors who've also been there for a oh long time. Oh my God, so inheriting she, feuds. Yeah, so she yells curses at them, like from her backyard in very polite. She always uses voo when you curse someone, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't say to when you curse somebody. Um... But yeah, so I I feel like yeah I'll I'll take on her mantle when the time comes. <laughs> Just be really friendly with those neighbors until the moment she leaves, and then just instantly switch. Yeah, it was like I know about you, Gee. You poisoned Deanne's dog in 1971. <laughs> oh, I do wonder whether like neighbors or strangers would be good people to practice improv on. Without, oh, uh, without their consent? No. <laughs> uh, I think it would be cool to do improv yeah. with neighbors. If they know you're doing improv, yes. If they don't, I'm really opposed to doing improv with people who don't know they're doing improv. Oh, I meant like I, doing yeah. like a class with them, not like... <laughs> Just walking up and then saying like... Yeah, here's a banana. Yeah. <laughs> Got you the banana oh, no. you wanted. You hand them nothing. They don't look at you. They're like, so yeah... I hope you like the banana from my banana tree. You've been Sean praising should it. do this in his new neighborhood and get to know everyone that way. Oh my god, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to head to the final segment? Sure. How have your hobbies been coming along, uh, Kristen? Well, I was talking about my hobby-related stress, um, but they're actually going okay. I am actually been knitting. I am I'm multitasking. I am making a sock right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Improv sock. <laughs> improv sock. It's actually, no, it's a very, this is not an improvised sock. You can't improvise a sock. It would not fit a foot, but it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's just a basic sock. Um, but yeah, I, ha- I, I, I am looking forward to having like no like obligation, hobby obligations, obligations. And just doing things for fun. I'm going to make something really impractical after I finished all this stuff. Nice. What about you, Amy? Um, I am really enjoying making slippers. Oh. Um, I have I've nailed a really simple, I was going to say recipe pattern, mm-hmm. uh, using like giant wool and giant uh, needles. And it's oh, just, nice. it's so nice to have a sense of, like I can do one slipper per afternoon. Oh, um, nice. And I think I'm going to make the whole family matching slippers and I can post them back. 
Oh, what a great idea. Um, I'm going to BC for Christmas. I'll probably make like all of the people we're having Christmas with matching slippers. I don't know. I'm just, everyone's getting slippers this year. <laughs> nice. That's it. You are definitely ready for fall. Uh, yeah, totally. So that's my, um, that's my sort of main, main hobby activity at the moment because I have to say like, yep, I'm drowning in uh, thesis and research mm. <laughs> otherwise. What about you, Sean? So I haven't been able to do many hobbies because I moved uh, to a new house and my time at the pottery studio came to an end. Uh, so I haven't been able to do pottery since uh, May, which mm-hmm. is, and I won't be able to do more until like November because the wheel and kiln I ordered aren't going to arrive until then. Uh, but I'm getting into woodworking. Uh, I took a class and then got sick for the next class and they're going to let me take a makeup in October. <laughs> Right. So I'm floundering. All my hobbies have fallen through right now, but eventually I'll get back to them. Uh, Kristen, where can people find you online and anything to plug? Uh, well, you can't find me on my Twitter because I made it private because I'm looking for a job. Um, but you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn. Smart. <laughs> LinkedIn. Just search Kristen Mueller. He's up. I'm the only person in the world with this name. So spell it any way you want. You'll probably find me. Cool. Uh, Amy, anything yeah. uh, to plug or places to find you no just um, an internet mystery <laughs> uh you can find me at peacock pots on twitter i won't be posting anything for a while because who boy not having pottery in my life is hard i had dreams about it recently and i miss Aww. it um, <laughs> but yeah uh, i don't have anything to plug either that's it bye hi <laughs> drop of hobby i drop of hobby A drop of hobby, a drop of hobby.